0: To
1: football after Ooh, wait, justin 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 John. we need a moment of silence to start it's the end of the goosome king
2: no we don't need a moment of silence get him out of here F-
1: F- philip rivers retired we need we need a moment yeah we can't just out. you can't just out. introduce a podcast with philip rivers retiring sure we can
0: get him out wow get him out of the league we got 2 don't need him very very different approaches to this boy (laughs) get him out
2: he's over he's a quarter he's a quarterback that's over 35 and he's not aaron Rodgers. get him out
1: well but tom brady
2: yeah but the same thing with tom brady tom brady's still good (laughs) everybody else everybody else over 35 get him out that's the way we're running this now that's the Um, way we're doing it damn okay shit yep that's 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 how i feel nah i'm joking um philip rivers is he, a fucking uh, motion, man philip rivers um also hi guys welcome to football after dark yeah, i said here. it already and the mac cut me off <laughs> uh did you guys end up real quick before we get back into philip rivers did you guys do an episode last week no uh, okay. I wasn't. But, I, I never got sent anything. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, I was not good. able to.
2: Yeah, well, you know what? If you're listening to this episode, that'll probably uh go up after the Super Bowl's over. <laughs> Damn. Um the shot. I mean, hey, you know, whatever. Um but yeah, I, can't wait to, st- to I episode, can't
1: wait to listen to our Super Bowl preview in April.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Now, now you, I'm Justin. not now I'm not posting this episode until December 2021. You guys fucked up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like you were not going to do that anyway. God, God damn. <laughs> I love you, Justin. I'm sure you do <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh,
2: um, but yeah, so uh, hopefully we I mean, it's what is it? Wednesday. There's no games on Saturday, so hopefully we'll we'll get this up before Sunday's games. Um there's a lot to talk about. Obviously, Matt already brought it up. We had one retirement that was pretty much widely known. And another one, obviously, that was expected, but you know, there was a little bit of uh, you know, wanting to wait around and see. Um Philip Rivers and Drew Brees both retiring. Strangely enough. I think wait a minute, the the dichotomy,
1: the dichotomy
2: dichotomy of that being that Philip Rivers was the one that replaced Drew Brees uh, for the then San Diego Chargers, and now they are both retiring in the exact same week.
3: So. So, yeah, I thought that I thought that was a pretty cool thing. I, I, I didn't even think I thought, about. I thought that. the
2: dichotomy of the football gods work in in funny ways.
1: They do. So, God Hansen be does like anyone... commercial free. <laughs> does uh, Does
2: anybody have any parting words for for Philip Rivers?
1: I mean, like
3: we goose him. I mean, you don't really get to say anything. You're a Chiefs
2: fan. I. Like, yeah, you went you went through you went through the the years of, you know, the Chargers being the. The the dominant force in the division, you went through that.
1: I did. I, I survived it. I came out the other end. No Super Bowls for the Chargers. One Super Bowl for the Chiefs.
2: Yeah, that's good.
1: Sorry, Chargers fans. I think,
2: I think that's a fair trade.
1: Um, um, there's an interesting there's an interesting tweet from J.J. Watt. Uh, he said that, um, quoting JJ, "I'll never forget lining up for a play and Phil pointing to one of our linebackers and telling him he was lined up wrong based off the blitz we were about to run and being hundred percent correct about it." <laughs> you want to know what? You want to know what's so funny. what's funny
3: about
2: that? Hmm. What's funny about that is I bet Philip Rivers probably still threw an interception. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just pure savagery today, god damn! I hey man. I'm in that. I'm in that mood. I'm tell. in that mood, you're, my man. You're in that. You're
1: in that. Get me out of Houston, mood, dude.
2: That's well man. There's so much to talk about. Holy f- spicy segue, because, yeah. Spicy segue. Can can as the resident. Deshaun Watson Stan and mm-hmm. Houston Texans hater. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to talk about the Deshaun Watson thing next. Lay it on us, baby. So Deshaun Watson attempting to force his way out of Houston. Might be. My favorite thing that has happened all year. Like, forget all of the games and forget everything that's happened. The fact that Deshaun Watson has finally put his foot down and said that if things don't change, I want out of here and your contract be damned and, you know, the money be damned, even though he's he's going to get the money, whether he plays for Houston, whether he plays for somewhere else and the fact that Houston has now rebounded with oh yeah yeah we're going to we're going to interview you know Eric Bieniemy we're going to do it we're going to have a virtual uh a virtual interview after you know we hired a firm to provide us with hiring candidates and then just decided to ignore it and hire the guy from the patriots because that's just what the Houston Texans do they just bring in old patriot people to do everything for them that's just their mo mm-hmm. um Deshaun Watson potentially forcing his way out of Houston and I know a lot of people have you know a lot of people have made it to be like oh you know this is this is the first time this has ever happened a quarterback this good in his prime trying to force his way out of a team and I'm pretty sure it is but I think a lot of people need to Understand that, and, and you know, you watch ESPN and you watch other networks and stuff like that, and they'll usually put it into perspective. They'll say, It's not likely that he's going to be gone. In all honesty, it's more likely that he just withholds his services. And when you really think about it, this Houston Texans team without Deshaun Watson, hypothetically, next year is almost guaranteed to get the number one overall pick. I mean, I can't think of an organization in worse shape, right, than the Houston Texans without Deshaun Watson. Oh, yeah. So a lot of people are saying, okay, well, if you're the Texans, then, why not not trade Deshaun, make him sit out, you cinch up the number one overall pick after a shitty year, And then you say, oh, well, you know what? He sat out on us last year and we're upset with it. And now we're going to get rid of him. Do you know what I mean? And then Mm -hmm. what basically happens is you can get the number one overall pick. Plus, God knows what else Deshaun Watson can can nab you. I think Nick Wright put it. I think he said it today or yesterday on First Things First. He's like, Laramie Tunsell. okay, the left tackle, ironically, for the for the Texans. Was traded for two first round picks, right? Yep. Right. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey was traded for two first round picks. I believe Stephon Diggs was traded for two first round picks, correct? Yep. I would have Deshaun Watson over all three of those players.
1: Yeah. Deshaun Watson is so worth like, three or four first round picks, like 100%. Well,
2: though. Those three guys combined are six first round picks. So like. What would you rather have? Would you rather have those three guys or would you rather have Deshaun Watson? And I'm if you'd rather playing. have Deshaun Watson, then you could say, OK, well, you can't give somebody. You know, I, I, I don't know. I have no idea what type of. And plus. Deshaun has so much leverage in this situation. That people aren't realizing he has a no trade clause, right? That he can waive, But because of the no trade clause, if Houston tries to trade him to a place that he doesn't want to go, he'll just say no.
1: Yeah. He's He's like, no, I don't want to go there. Power like good for him. He has all the power in the situation. He can kind of pick wherever he wants to go.
2: Basically. Right. And I think that is amazing (laughs) i am so happy i'm so thankful that the texans are getting shit on and after wasting three years of you know especially this year where deshaun really kind of emerged really as like the elite talent that we think he can be with you know the second to last or last rated running attack the worst defense in the national football league, a coach that was a terrible GM that got fired, you know, midway through the season replaced by Romeo fucking cronell um, a GM that promised him that he was be, he would be involved with GM and coach searches. And then he immediately wasn't. Um, I just think Deshaun is, Oh God, just doing everything that I wish he would have done this past off season when he was getting ready to get signed by the team. Um, that being said, Matt and I, when we did our episode, this, just the two of us, we kind of hashed out that quarterback carousel. And obviously if, if Deshaun is traded, he's going to be traded to a team that needs a quarterback. That team's first round pick will then be given to the Texans. The Texans will almost undoubtedly take another quarterback if that is the case. So right. my question is, where not so much. Where do we think he'll go? Because that's up to that. That could be, you know, we could discuss that for the next three months and not be right. Where do all of us want him to go?
1: Where do we want him to go?
2: Where would you where would you like to see Deshaun Watson go in a to perfect see him succeed
1: world, in a perfect world? I would want to see Deshaun Watson go to the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, man. Imagine, okay, so Shanahan had Matt Ryan for two years and made Matt Ryan look like an MVP. He makes every other quarterback that he gets, you know, serviceable and near Super Bowl level or, you know, like near Trent Dilfer Super Bowl levels. Imagine what he'd get with the actual, like, so the top five EPA quarterbacks in the league, all right, four of them are playing this weekend. The fifth is Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson leads the NFL in completion percentage of all time at this current moment, with like eight, with with a YPA of like eight point five. The man is is amazing. He has the he has the potential. Like if in the right system, I'll fucking say he has the potential to be as good as if not better than a Patrick Mahomes. Demand is amazing. That is,
2: Yeah, that can't be understated that the Kyle Shanahan offense is predicated on everything being kind of schemed up and structured to make it easy on the quarterback. And the problems that Kyle Shanahan quarterbacks have had is when that initial play is taken away, because in the NFL teams do that in the NFL teams will try once they figure out what you're trying to do, they try to take it away. That's been the big criticism of Jimmy Garoppolo. That was the criticism of Matt Ryan. Even still, like, they aren't as effective out of structure, right? Deshaun Mm -hmm. Watson sure as fuck is. So now, all of a sudden, if Deshaun Watson's playing for a Kyle Shanahan offense, he has way more structure than he's ever had. It's going to be way easier for him than it's ever been. And in those every once in a while moments where he does have to kind of make it up on the fly and freelance and do those things that he's been doing all the time in, in Houston. He's been effective doing it. And then you combine that with the fact of all of the creative stuff that Kyle Shanahan does. He'd have George Kittle. Who's easily the second best. Maybe when he's healthy up there with Kelsey as the best tight end. He's got a flurry of great running backs. He's got. Wide receivers who obviously none of them are as talented as DeAndre Hopkins, but the scheme creates it so that they can get yards after the catch and they're dynamic in that sense. He has a, um, a good defense who last year was eviscerated with injuries and they were still like a top 10 defense in DVOA, which is insane to think about. Like that, that's just how talented they are. Right. Like Deshaun Watson on the 49ers is frightening like extremely frightening
1: that team um, would be a wrecking ball cons- and you look at the trajectory of the other three teams in that division where it seems like Goff and McVay are about to divorce uh Seahawks can't get out of their own way like oh my god I'm blanking blanking Arizona's still kind of I going to talk yeah, they're I, still feeling themselves they're still yeah, feeling yeah, themselves Arizona's out
2: trying to f- yeah, um, we'll talk. I want to talk about Seattle in a little bit. Um, I know we we'll promise we'll get to the playoff games eventually, but we want to touch on all these other news things. Um, now,
1: t- before we like move on, I, I agree on, that before we move on, it, it didn't have to be this way for Houston. Um, no, I I I feel like now if your quarterback says he wants to be involved in the hiring process, you let him be involved in the hiring process, or or even if you don't want to pick the guy that uh, Watson like would have wanted, let's say they really just didn't want to enemy because they're racist or something. Um, mm-hmm. At least entertain it. You know, like you, you, you could have avoided all of this by, you know, saying, telling, yeah, we'll let you in on the process and then actually letting him in on the process, but then choosing the person you wanted anyway. And all of this could have been avoided. Cause, like, I get it. You don't want, you don't want, like, the head coach to be handpicked by your quarterback. Because then you can end up with, like, you know, like a LeBron syndrome type thing, where like, is it the coach coaching or is it the quarterback coaching, and and that could lead to dysfunction in the locker room. It just could. So, like, I get it, but don't pro- don't outwardly promise that you. To to your franchise quarterback that he can help and then go behind his back and hire someone like they just bungled the entire thing. Justin, where do you want
2: Deshaun Watson to go? And if it's I... if it's San Francisco, you can.
0: Oh, no, no, it's not San Francisco. Uh, I want Deshaun Watson to be the Indianapolis Colt straight up see that's a that's
2: a very unlikely one obviously because it's in the division but it also again Frank makes Craig. a lot of sense make a base dude that, that would, would be, be the most stable quarterback situation he's had since he got there mm-hmm. the colts are great like offensive line young great running defense. game good defense Get to stay in the division, uh, familiar opponents. Plus, you get the the twice a year revenge against the
0: Texans. They are this team is straight up a quarterback away from making a Super Bowl run at this point. For sure,
1: For like just, just
0: seeing how far they could get with Philip Rivers sign off a one year contract, thrown in with no, with 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 no off season at all. It just it's just obvious to me. If they get this quarterback thing right,
3: they're in. So
2: I think they easily become like a top. If they get a dynamic quarterback like that, whether it's through the draft or through a trade, I definitely think you have to consider Indy up there with you know the favorites in the AFC, like up there with Kansas City and Buffalo and the hodgepodge of. Baltimore Cleveland out of the North. Yes. I did not mention Pittsburgh.
1: Ron, no Pittsburgh. Um, I, I think especially if they bring Roethlisberger back, I think we can all agree that I, not that they'll go below 500, but they might, it might be Tomlin's worst year. Yeah, probably uh, the teams, teams are going to have um, teams have figured out Pittsburgh and I, yeah. I not They need a new quarterback. I, my pick
2: for Deshaun. Not to be different than Matt, because San Francisco, him going to San Francisco would be the one that would make me the happiest. But the the team that I think should do it and the team that would have the most to gain from it. And I'm and I'm I thought about this and then it was said publicly and before I could say it and it makes total sense. And Justin, you're going to hate this. Is Chicago. Because Chicago has the chance to right the wrong, right? They picked Trubisky over Deshaun. And if the Chicago Bears can figure out a way to right that wrong and bring Trubisky into Chicago, Uh, it would one, it would right, Watson into Chicago. It would one, automatically uh, convince Allen Robinson to stay, for sure. Allen Robinson would immediately want to stay, right? Cause right now he wants to leave, but you bring in Deshaun Watson. You're going to, you're going to keep Allen Robinson, right? Correct. Darnell Mooney, their rookie this year was very promising. He had a really good year. David, they figured out how to work with David Montgomery towards the end of the season. They have a good defense. It's a division outside of the Packers. That is very winnable. You have Detroit who's in flux right now and Minnesota can't seem to get out of their own way and you know Green Bay's really good but i mean it's not like Green Bay outside of this year really convincingly ran away with the division right like the, the 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 NFC north is still very competitive within itself um and on top of that let's think about Matt Nagy for a second right so Matt Nagy 2 years ago was coach of the year right he was brought in to figure out Mitchell Trubisky right and everything Matt Nagy did offensively was in an attempt to kind of hide the fact that Mitch Trubisky was not very good right correct that was kind of that was his thing so imagine if now all of a sudden Matt Nagy who is an Andy Reid disciple gets Deshaun Watson now he's got nothing to hide now he doesn't have to hide Deshaun Watson and he could simply just embrace being creative offensively and think we I think that unleash, would just be
1: unleash the true potential of Matt Nagy. Right,
2: exactly. And I think that would be Chicago has the most to gain from getting Deshaun because they have the chance publicly to fix the mistake they made and also immediately launch themselves into, OK, no, you're right up there with with Green Bay now. Like this is a two horse race between Deshaun and Aaron next year. For this for this division. Like we're gonna have a situation like we did this year with with Breeze and Brady. And you're gonna look at those two rosters and you're gonna say, okay, we have Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson, two elite quarterbacks. We have two elite receivers, one in Devontae Adams, one in Allen Robinson. We have a very good running back in Aaron Jones, but another running back in David Montgomery, who towards the end of the season really got super super hot and they figured out what to do both teams have i think chicago's got the better overall defense but like both teams have you know awesome like players on defense they have two smart witty offensive minded coaches like i th- i think that would be amazing if if he goes to chicago so that would be my pick i would be so mad um <laughs> oh you would be you would be yeah it, Justin would be very very sad um I would be very happy I think Matt would be happy um slam at the table screaming yeah Hanging. Justin Yeah J- Justin would be the sad one um Well Matt kind of alluded to it uh speaking of teams that are just butchering everything and uh maybe this will be the last thing we talk about other than the playoff games um unless you guys have something else you wanted to say uh,
1: there's, there's i mean there's just a lot to talk about let's just let's keep going yeah there's there's a lot
2: lots lot to talk about um let's talk about Seattle
1: and oh my god yeah. Yeah, go the fucking the christ and Seattle they make me angry dude
2: yeah seattle's starting to get into that territory that houston is for me where they just they,
1: they don't just make
2: organizational decisions that just Boggle my mind. Okay, so here's what I want to before we even get to the Adam Gase thing, right? And Pete Carroll's ridiculous post game comments that he made after both Los Angeles Rams games, the first one in Week 16, and then the second one in the Wild Card round where they lost. Um, let let's let's start off with recapping how Seattle's year started, right? So everyone was talking about in the first, you know. I don't know. First 8 weeks of the year, Russell Wilson was an MVP candidate. They were letting Russ Cook, you know, whatever. They started out 5 and 0. They lost to Arizona in that crazy overtime game on Sunday night football. Then they beat, you know, they beat the San Francisco 49ers. They were 6 they were 6 and 1. Right? 6 and 1. Okay? Going into week 9. Now in week 9, they still scored 34 points. Russell Wilson almost threw for 400 yards, whatever it is. But here's what I wanted to bring up using our our good friend uh Warren Sharp's website, um you can isolate situational pass and run ratios um and isolate it down to like what down it is, uh what weeks it is, whatever, right? So for the first nine weeks of the season, okay, this is just for Seattle, okay? Seattle on early downs. Okay, so on first and second down, okay, were the, let's see here, they were the sixth pass heaviest team in the league, okay?
1: Oh, I know what what you're going into, and and this makes me so angry, but go ahead and continue.
2: They they threw the ball 59% of the time on first and second down. They had a success rate of 58%. 58%. Uh The only two teams that were higher than them were Houston and Miami. That was it. That was the only teams that were higher than them in success rate. And Russell Wilson was averaging 9.1 yards per attempt, which was second only, which actually was first. It was the highest in the National Football League. 9.2 yards per attempt on first and second down. It was crazy, right? And again, they were 6-0. I'm sorry, well, they were 6-2 and after Week 9, right? Right. Uh, Wilson had multiple games over 300 yards. Uh, Their leading receivers, Metcalf, with 95, 92, 110, 106, 93, uh, 161 yards, 108 yards. Lockett had a 200-yard game in that Arizona game. But what happened in Week 9? Week 9 was the game that Buffalo beat them 44-34 right? Buffalo just walked all over them, right? Blew them out in their blew them out, right? On the road. After that game, okay, after that game, so we're after the halfway point. So weeks 10 through 17, and then in their playoff game, same team, okay? Seattle went from throwing the ball on early downs from 58% of the time to 51% of the time, bottom third, In the National Football League, San Fran threw the ball more, Arizona, Las Vegas, Minnesota threw the ball more on first and second down than Seattle did. Those final weeks, they went from a uh, they went from a success rate of 58 percent to 51 percent and their yards per attempt went down from nine point two to six point two. Now, people's like, okay, well, yeah, they started running the ball more. So what was the difference between, you know, they were probably running the ball better in the second half of the year, and that's why they kept doing it. Well, if you go back to those first nine weeks, Seattle running the ball, uh, they were actually a 61% success rate, which is pretty crazy, right? When you really think about it, right? that's really high. And they that's were averaging insane. five yards a carry. That's, that's insane, right? Like, that's like Baltimore numbers from last year, right? correct they switched back to this run heavy attack and not only did they succeed less 55 percent, but their yards per attempt went down by almost two whole yards so not only did they start running the ball more but they were worse at it when they started running
1: it more and i don't know and, why they changed this philosophy i don't know if it's like and, something that pete carroll did I. And so and, to,
2: and mind you by the way by the way after that game okay so after that game their wins okay these were the quarterbacks that Seattle won against in these in the in these final couple weeks right they beat Kyler Murray when Kyler Murray got hurt they beat I think this was a Philadelphia I think Carson Wentz was still playing at this time they beat Carson Wentz mm-hmm. they beat uh, well they lost to Colt McCoy they beat Joe Flacco. They beat Washington, who whoever the heck was quarterbacking Washington in that game. I think it was Dwayne Haskins. Then they beat a banged-up Jared Goff, and then they beat Nick Mullins slash C.J. Bethard. Those were the quarterbacks they beat. In none of those games, in none of them, did Russell Wilson pass for more than 260 yards. Their leading rusher, okay, The yards, like the most they rushed for in a game, one person, was Carlos Hyde in week 11 with 79 yards. They didn't have a 100-yard rusher at all. And Metcalf only crested over 100 yards once, and it was in the game against Philadelphia. No other time did a receiver get more than 80 yards, I'm sorry, 90 yards in a game, and it was Lockett in week 17 against San Fran in a game that didn't matter. So, for whatever reason, that Buffalo game, Whatever happened after that Buffalo loss, where if you remember, Pete Carroll came out after the game and was like, "I we prepared all week for them to run the ball, and, and they just didn't, and I didn't know what to do, so we just kept defending the run, expecting them to run it. Like,
3: Basically, my, my whole point is this. I think Pete Carroll is falling out of touch
2: i think pete Carroll's slowly losing it i agree like pete carroll pete carroll clearly does not have a modern grasp on like what what the nfl is all about like people like oh well you know they they had this past happy attack and you know they were only six and two okay well yeah but then they reverted to this run-heavy attack, and they were also six and two against right? worse teams, course, and uh, against way worse teams.
1: It just makes me. I just like, look it, at it. Makes look at, you look at the teams they beat. oh God. It's yeah, just, no, no. The teams, teams, they, teams beat they beat were nobody running attack. I just like, and, yeah. and the whole thing that obviously their defense wasn't actually better. Their defense was the defense of the first six weeks. Dunlap didn't change that much. They just played shit-tier teams. Um, yeah. And I, I just, I just wonder if Seattle's one of those teams that don't have an analytics person. They're like the antithesis of the Buffalo Bills, for instance. The Bills are an analytics wet dream. They do everything. Oh yeah, that, they are. They do everything that analytics people preach. in that game, in, in to tie it into some divisional football they ran the ball what two times they ran the ball in like two or three times the entire game or in the first half i'm sorry yeah but like they first down pass first down pass first down pass first down pass like preaching even when they didn't even when they weren't running the ball play action pre-snap motion drawing people still just passing the ball You, you despite the conditions too which were awful Right. There's like just the
2: wind like conditions in that game were terrible. It was not a good game to throw the football in, but they insisted on doing it anyway because that was the best way for them to win.
1: Sometimes you, it just, it really makes you think like Seattle, what, what happened? They, what was the turning point that made them flip from passing the ball to running the ball? And did they just not have an analytics person in the building saying, hey, uh, when we were uh, throwing the ball, we were doing good? You no, know? we, were, we were doing pretty good. But uh, let's just uh, stop.
3: Oh. And, and then is... they run. They run
2: Brian Schottenheimer out of the building, and they frustrating they, news breaks. News breaks that they are interviewing Adam Gase.
1: Can we just? Okay, I want to. I just. How in the can absolute we get it, we get it, fuck? How in the absolute fuck?
0: I feel so bad.
1: Does Adam Gase even get called? Not not even the how how in the fuck? Not even like how in the fuck does he get an interview? How does he even become like? Hey yo, Adam Gase is a uh, hired. And I, I just I, or or like um, Dan Quinn just took a defensive coordinator job for who did he get hired by too? So- I think it was Dallas. Oh, oh God! Okay, so you have Dan Quinn getting a job, Adam GaSe getting interviewed, Jason Garrett interviewed for head coaching position. How the how how do teams how do how dysfunctional does your organization have to be to even consider these guys after seeing what they did? And
3: I and, and then you have
1: and 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 then someone like. I know that there's questionable, maybe some things with like the enemy, but not even just like to just even bringing him up. Like, the I don't want to get like super, I don't want to get like super soap boxy, but like if if you're bringing in people like Adam Gase, Dan Quinn, Jason Garrett, Wade Phillips saying he's coming out of retirement, you know, someone will hire him on the spot, even though he was slipping.
3: There's an
1: organizational problem in the NFL. You
2: can't like it's here's what it is. You'd rather you'd hire. It's all. It's just the devil, you know, versus the devil. You don't like you. The NFL is a habit driven. Familiarity driven. You know. Fraternity and teams and coaches and coaching staffs that have vacancies that. They feel as though they don't need to take a risk. That maybe they just need something more stable there, or more more willing to go to a go to a familiar face, right? Yeah,
1: but a familiar face that is absolute trash, absolute trash. They're they're, uh, Dan Quinn got ran out of Atlanta. The Seattle defense is not good anymore because offenses have adapted. Cover three match. Cover three match ain't the answer, dude. You got to, if you want to play cover three match, you got to do what the Rams did this year and mix in cover two match with your man. You can't just play cover three match all game. You can't just, it's frustrating. And then you see people that, you know, can get head coaching jobs or, or, or you look at the chargers, the chargers hired another defensive coordinator or, you know, the fact that, the Texans were going to hire another Patriots guy. And then like the NFL has a problem. And I think I'm just going to say it. I I mean, I I know, I know it's been floated around on Twitter and it, 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 when it stares you in the face, you know, it's a little, it's a little, a little bit of racism going on too.
2: I think the, just to, just to put a, talking about the chargers um i do think the brandon staley hire by the chargers is interesting because they're hiring that to the rams just right like that rams defense was insanely good virtually out of nowhere and you can make an argument that the chargers have they don't have the star power of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, but from a position to position standpoint, the Chargers have one of the best defensive personnel groups in the National Football League. So I think the Chargers were looking at it as like, damn, like if he can do this with what he's got there, what can he do with what we have? Right. I will agree, though, that, you know, Eric Bianami's still not getting a position and. You remember a couple years ago with Vance Joseph, the head coach for um, Arizona, getting fired after one season. Um, This is not new information. And again, we've had, you know, you still hear things like, oh, Todd Bowles is getting interviews and Leslie Frazier is getting interviews. But the thing about that is those guys have already been head coaches. Do you know what I mean? Like it's in the same mindset of like, okay, yeah, sure. You're, you're hiring a minority coach, but this is a minority coach that's already been a head coach before or a coach in a high position before. So it doesn't appear as this like overt risk that you're taking. Do you know what I mean? The, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the presence are like Marvin Lewis, fucking Marvin Lewis is getting considered for head coaching jobs. Right. It's one of those situations where I feel like teams are still hesitant to bring in fresh faces from a minority what, what, background.
1: Not even just uh, take, take the, uh, take the minority bit out of it. Cause or no, keep it in there. Cause like someone like Leslie Frazier should get a job. He like Leslie Fla- Frazier should get hired somewhere. Uh, I think Todd Bowles deserves another chance. Jim Caldwell he I does. think deserves a chance again with like uh, an organization that wants to give him a chance like Jim Caldwell did better than Matt Patricia but he got fired after a couple seasons and they let Matt Patricia run that organization into the ground I just it, not even to take take the uh, minority bit out of it the whole like need like uh, going with what you look at what teams look at the teams that have hired who you don't know the, Sh- the Kyle Shanahan, the Sean McVay, the Frank Reich, the Mike Vrabel, the, th- these guys that you don't know, you know, and, and they're the ones that are organizational level doing really well. But if you want to bring in these people that have a history of suck, you're
3: going to just continue to do that.
0: I agree. Imagine being Jamal. And I was going to say that, dude. I, dude. I know you've been waiting to drop you that. you get line. yourself traded to Seattle to get away from Adam Gates and you're just vibing out at home. The season's over. Maybe you're playing Call of Duty with the boys and you get a text. Says, hey, trying
1: to get them dubs,
0: trying to get some Warzone zone dubs, you know what I mean? And you get a text. Says, hey, Seattle's uh, interviewing Adam Gates. What do you do? <laughs> I couldn't imagine. First hand experience of this man being an absolute shit show of a human being.
1: I don't know, man. I, if I'm if I'm if I'm Adams, I'm like, you motherfucker. Like,
0: like I'm, it's, oh, I, like I'm popping off on Seattle of Jamal Adams.
1: It's like, oh, what's the what Was it? The, the shining the, the with like Jack Nicholson looking through the uh, the. Crack in the wall into the bathroom. Like Jamal Adams is the is the character hiding in the bathroom, and Adam Gase is the one peeking through the wall. Like, here's Adam, and it's like, oh, bruh, you can't get away from him. Adam Gase is uh, the virus that keeps on infecting.
0: Anyway, nobody should hire Adam Gase. Yeah, no,
1: Adam Gase should Nobody. be blackballed and never given another job. He
2: has. Do we, we have we have to get Peyton Manning to endorse us, because if you get one endorsement from Peyton Manning. You'll be employed forever, regardless of your actual like performance. Just disgusting.
1: Um, interesting coaching. like, well, OK, so let's talk about like the good coaching hires, and then maybe we'll talk about the playoffs. This is going to be a long episode. I'm sorry. Um, I really, really like uh, Robert Sala in in New York. I think like that I was a think. no brain hire. I think as far as like defensive hires are concerned, he might be the best. Um, I, man, the real. All right, the real like. Oh man, this could get spicy.
3: Urban Meyer zero nfl
1: coaching experience but this is the this is one of the best college coaches of all time saying hey i'll finally give the nfl a shot and he's gonna get trevor lawrence and a young defense and a wide receiving core that is a lot better than i think people give it credit for and the best undrafted free agent running back that the league had in 2020
2: And a shit ton of draft picks and a shit ton of cap space and no state tax. God. Jacksonville. Here's the thing. Let's be honest. I want Urban
1: Meyer to like do
2: well. Let's be honest with everything. The only reason that Urban Meyer took this job was because of Trevor Lawrence. Oh yeah. If Jacksonville if Jacksonville doesn't get Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer's not taking this job. Because Urban Meyer has numerous times turned down jobs at both the college level and the pro level. Like, Trevor Lawrence is maybe not 100% of the reason, but I want to say it's about 75% of the reason why Urban Meyer took that Jacksonville job. And 100%. I think I think there is some... He 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 brought in Scott Linehan to be the offensive coordinator, and like everyone in in the in the analytics community was like, Ugh. "like Oh God, no, not Scott Linehan!" Um, which so that's a little thing. Yeah, it's okay, Scott Linehan, not that great. You know, we'll see how it goes. But like, it's it's gonna be one of those situations like, um, oh, who who's the most recent, like. I want to say college coach, but it was kind of one of those situations where like, um, oh man, there, there was a coach that came out of college, not Cliff Kingsbury, Jimmy Johnson. That was who it was. Jimmy Johnson went into the NFL, right? After, you know, taking the University of Miami to numerous championships. Right. And he nailed his first like two or three drafts, right? Because he knew all the kids. He knew all the, all the players right right even though urban meyer hasn't coached for two years urban meyer still is very 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 connected
1: i bet you he still does recruiting for ohio state i bet you he was still looking at all the recruits scouting and doing everything so the man knows his players yeah
2: Yeah, he's these first two drafts for jacksonville are going to be very important and look like we'll, we'll talk about these quarterbacks these six quarterbacks that are are really like the top six guys closer to the draft. But I think Trevor Lawrence is the truth. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be sick in the NFL. When you consider like the lofty comparisons that he's been given. And when you realize that all of the other players in the history of the NFL that have been given such comparisons, none of them haven't worked out like John Elway, when John Elway came out, of the of college. Everyone was like he's the best quarterback prospect ever, right? At the right. time. And he goes on to win two Super Bowls, right? Greatest Denver Bronco ever. After him was Peyton, and everybody said Peyton Manning is the best college quarterback to come out since John Elway. Turns out they were right. Then a couple years later, Andrew Luck comes out, and everybody says Andrew Luck's the best quarterback to come out since Peyton Manning. Sure enough, Andrew Luck, had it not been for injuries, probably would still be playing, probably would be taking the Colts to AFC championship games every single year, right? That's how good he was immediately. Right. So then we have Trevor, and Trevor is being compared to, he's the best quarterback prospect since Aaron Drew Luck. So using this logic of comparison, if you've used that to base your decision on whether or not a quarterback's going to be good or not, you're batting a thousand. You've never been wrong.
1: Well, I mean, w- w- weren't they saying stuff like that about Joe Burrow last year? So, like, isn't Joe Burrow the, like, the new one no, and now it's I, Trevor Lawrence? I, I, or No. I,
2: I think Joe Burrow was, no, because Joe Burrow was very forgettable until his senior year at LSU. It was his development in the final year. Of, and plus, like, I've talked about with a lot of people. That LSU team two years ago was probably the greatest college football team ever just from, the starting 22 play. I think like 14 of the starting 22 players were drafted into the NFL. Like that team was just stupid. Like that was the greatest college football team of all time. And while Joe Burrow was good, a lot of people were like, yeah, but a lot of this is just his maturation and his Trevor Lawrence has been, if Trevor Lawrence would have been able to go into the draft after his true freshman year where they won the national championship, he would have been the number one overall pick. Oh, easy. If he had come out last year, he would have been the number one overall pick over Joe Burrow. Yeah. Like that's hands how down. good he is. Yeah. Hands down. So we'll talk again, we'll talk about the rookie quarterbacks more closer to the draft, but I think I agree with Matt that I think if urban Meyer can earn the respect of a bunch of grown men in a locker room, Rather than a bunch of kids. You know,
3: also, like,
2: I think it can be. I think it
1: can be really, really good. Um, as long as he doesn't walk in. I think Trevor, as long as he doesn't walk into the locker room. Hello, fellow NFL players. <laughs> no, I don't think he's. I don't think he's like that. No, I, I at the same time, though. I feel like. Urban Meyer has an air of respect around him already that it might not be as hard to earn that respect. Everybody knows everybody in football in the football community knows who urban Meyer is The man, won national championships with two different organizations. Like, yeah, I, I think like it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be too hard for him to earn it. And then if he doesn't, he can just say his heart's bothering him again and retire for the third time. So, you know, correct. Right. You. Yeah. Right.
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no,
2: nah, that's true. So, all right. Are we, are we finally going to get to the,
1: the playoff games? Yeah, the, the cha- Do we want to talk about the divisional games at all? Is there anything else we need to say about um, the divisional? Do we want to go straight into championship? I, the
2: only thing I'll say about the divisional round, this will be the only thing I say, is strictly in the AFC. I think a lot of people are looking at the way those two games ended. And, you know, the storylines that came from it the Lamar Jackson injury, they need a receiver Cleveland hanging in there. The stupid fucking stupid, stupid, dumb, stupid rule of fumbling through the end zone.
1: All right. Well, what's the the alternative? What's the
2: alternative? Wipe the play away and just give it the ball back to them at the, the spot of the, the play. Just treat it, just just treat it, treat it basically like an incomplete pass. Basically. Even though, even though, he, like an incomplete pass.
1: even though he caught it at like the twenty and then fumbled on his run in, because I mean it was like a what yes. fifty yard that, play, but that
2: that that way you're not totally. It, it can still be that type of rule where like it doesn't really benefit the offense, but it doesn't extremely punish the defense. You know what I mean?
1: I that's probably the best it's probably the best alternative I've heard is like wash the play, make it like an offsetting penalty. So you go back to your previous yeah. spot. Cause yeah. like, if you do the thing where like some people are, Oh, put the ball back at the 20 and let the offense, you know, Bill Belichick would take that rule and be like, all right, uh, we're going to run the next eight minutes off this clock. Uh, Oh, first, Oh, first and goal, second goal, third and goal, Oh, fumbled out of the end zone, go back to the 20.
2: All right. Um, <laughs> funny enough that you bring up Bill Belichick. Um, Right after that play happened, both McCordy twins went to Twitter and were like, "Hey, that's why Belichick coaches us to not die for pylons."
1: I just another reason why Belichick's a goat. Yep. Um.
2: So that's the thing. Mm. Uh, but anyway, the, the what I was getting to was the two things, or I should say, the storyline about those two AFC playoff games, um, that didn't get talked about because there were other things deservingly that needed to be talked about was was this. Both of those games, outside of the things that were outside of the control of the teams that won, so Kansas City with Mahomes going out, the Buffalo Bills with the weather and the wind conditions, right? Uh-huh. Outside, if, if if those things don't happen to either team, I don't think either of these playoff games are close. I think Buffalo would have absolutely rolled Baltimore. Given uh, given what given what I saw during that game where, you know, Gabriel Davis dropped a touchdown pass. Uh, he and Stephon Diggs were streaking wide open down the sideline and Josh Allen was trying to get him the ball and the wind was taking the ball away from them. And I, they, couldn't, they couldn't track it down like Buffalo was ripping off these huge plays and then just. They would try to go deep, which is what they do. They're a deep passing team. And you could literally see the wind like take the ball and just sail it off to the right every single time Josh Allen tried to throw the ball deep. And I then mean, that's, conversely, the, that's Josh
1: Allen in the weather, I guess, but that game was really only separated by one play.
2: Oh, the, the pick six.
1: Yeah, that that's the difference between seventeen three and ten ten.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like but even even despite that, I still think that if that game is under normal circumstances and like the wind wasn't affecting kicks and deep passing and all of that type of stuff, I, I think Buffalo I think Buffalo beats them by about the same margin that they would have beat them, but they probably would have scored a lot more. And then conversely over to the Cleveland-Kansas City game, like I know everybody kind of wants to pat the Cleveland Browns on the back and congratulate them on a great year and they did they did have a great year. If Mahomes doesn't go out in that game they get annihilated.
1: I Mahomes was slowly Mahomes... turning into a boat race. Now, yeah. although I will say even with Mahomes in the game it was that that that, you know, end zone fumble thing cuz then then the Browns would have scored and gotten the ball after halftime. Um But in the first half, they couldn't run the ball. They had like seven or eight rushing attempts for like less than 10 yards. So defense stepped up. But I do agree, like if Mahomes doesn't get hurt, they were going up and down the field. So like, that's a thing, I guess. Yeah, that was the big thing I took away was
2: I wasn't shocked
1: at the I wasn't
2: shocked at either of the results in the NFC. It was just like the AFC games. I was like, man, these two games were way closer than they might have should've been.
1: Now, uh speaking of the NFC, I wasn't like shocked by them, but for weeks we said the worst matchup for the Packers is the Rams. And, and then we, oh, and the oh, Packers essentially oh, boat raced them out of town. No oh, sacks, no man. pressures, they're able to run the ball. They took it they took it to the number one defense in the NFL and said, Hey, fuck you. And that is a statement against every other team in the NFL. It, it's scary is what it is. If the, if the Packers can, if the Packers are able to adapt against a good defense like that, how how do you stop what Aaron Rodgers is doing this year? I don't think you can
0: still be really difficult for any team. It really and, is. And,
1: so uh, we we can we can maybe segue this into the championship games themselves, but, like, um, I think Green Bay has got to be ecstatic with Tampa Bay winning, and Tampa Bay. Is the team that, through a freak interception and a couple of weird stuff, did kind of quote unquote blow out the Packers back in they, what, Week Six? I think it was.
2: Week they six? had that was the pack. That was the worst. I think that might have been the worst game of Aaron Rodgers' career. Yes, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
1: Coming yeah. out, coming out of that that game changed the trajectory of the Packers' season. Uh, Coming out of that game, Aaron Rodgers, I I don't know if it was on Pat McAfee or because he's been doing the Tuesday interviews and stuff, but like he said somewhere that like uh, it was in now it's kind of silly to just like say this out, like, what do you mean you guys didn't have an adjustment? Uh, We didn't have an adjustment for when they blitzed and it, it, you know, kind of screwed us over. But like after that game, we knew what teams were going to try to do against us and we finally had blitz adjustments. And from then on, they were able to play against defenses a lot better and you know you you look into the history of how hard it is to beat a team two times in a row like when you're second times in the playoffs everything that the tampa bay did to beat the packers it's not going to fall that way again they're not going to get two freak interceptions uh, Devonte adams isn't going to bobble a pass uh green bay actually has adjustments to uh to the blitz Bruce Arians is a terrible head coach and uh, (laughs) the way I just watching Tampa Bay and New Orleans play each other Green Bay just had to be sitting there like damn this is like easy mode not that Tom Brady played bad but he didn't like play exceptional and just the fact that all of a sudden for some god awful reason Bruce Arians was like hey uh, Leonard Fournette yeah, we'll let you run the ball like 20 times. You, you can run the ball a bunch. You can get your two yards in a cloud of dust. They got lucky that Fournette Stonehands actually caught a pass for a touchdown, and then he got like another one. So it's not like Fournette had a terrible game, but he didn't have a good – the Tampa Bay didn't look good, dude. They They won that game because they got noodle arm Breeze to throw two interceptions. Like Tampa Bay did not I can't be the only one that like thought that. And then you see the interview afterwards where they're like, All right, Tom Brady, what are you gonna do when you gotta go up to Lambo? You gotta go back to the cold. And and Tom had like a semi disgusted look in his face and then completely blew off the question. I I That's to I, me, I think,
2: that's a dumb question. Because obviously Brady's not going to care
1: about having to play in the cold. No, that's true, but I mean he went South to not have to play in the cold. There's part of that. Just in in general, I'm saying like, I think this is set up for a boat race again. And I think green Bay is going to run Tampa Bay out of town.
0: I sure hope so, buddy. I here's, here's my, my take on this is with, with Tampa,
2: obviously what Tampa did defensively is not going to work again against green Bay. But I also don't think this is going to be a boat race because Green Bay's defense still in my mind is the type of defense that you don't want in the playoffs. And what I mean by that is, is that it's a very flashy defense like there, there are times where that defense can look absolutely insane right, where it just looks like they're smothering you and the Smith brothers are tackling you for losses and Jairi Alexander is, you know, shutting people down, whatever receiver he's lined up on, whatever it is. But let's not forget, like, this defense is the same defense that blew a double-digit lead against the Colts, right? Because the Colts just kept fighting. Like, the Colts just didn't roll over and we're like, oh man, we're down double to you know double digits to the to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Um I, I don't see this as a situation where the Packers just annihilate them. I look at it as a situation where like Brady is going to be comfortable in this situation. The cold's not gonna bother him. Um I I, I think in my mind. The, the the Buccaneers winning fits my agenda more, to be honest, because I want nothing more than to be able to rub Brady going to a Super Bowl without Belichick in all of the people's faces that I've had to listen to for the last 10 years say that it wasn't Brady. It was Belichick like that, just that that just tickles me and I want that so badly. But at the same time, Matt, like you're right, I, I just can't. Aaron Rodgers is playing at a level right now that is just so insanely unconscious that I don't know how they win like something's gonna have to happen like what you said like there's gonna have to be a bobbled snap there There's gonna have to be something kooky and crazy that goes the the buccaneers' way in order for them to win this game.
1: That's the only way I see them winning um. Conversely, uh, we can switch gears and talk about the AFC game. You talked about in the divisional round how if it had been like natural conditions and whatnot, how the Bills would have, you know, like uh, boat raced or destroyed the uh, the Ravens. I think so. Well, they're not going to play in natural conditions. It's going to be cold in Kansas City. Kansas City is going to be like less than 20 degrees that night because they have the night game. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. And if that's the case. Josh Allen's gonna do really bad. And if uh Mahomes clears concussion protocol and the Chiefs play, I don't see how Buffalo can win this game. Uh, you, if you want to look back at the week six matchup, I mean, if you want to look back, cause both of these, both of these teams in both games, both of these matchups happened in week six. Now that I think about it, week six was Packers Bucks, week six was Chiefs Bills. That uh, is just kind of silly, anyway. Um you go back to the week 6 matchup and um in in rainy conditions in rainy cold conditions josh allen had the highest ypa of the season but it was also his worst game of the season cuz he just abandoned the intermediate game he just kept throwing home run balls and i just wonder if something like that's going to happen again um the way their defense played against Kansas City, Uh, if Clyde comes back and Mahomes is there, I, I could see Kansas City doing the same thing. It wasn't Mahomes. It was like, I think Mahomes, one of Mahomes' worst games of the season as well. But it was only that way because the Bills sold out on their cover two overhead that they were like, all right, go ahead and beat us with the run. And Kansas City said, all right, we'll beat you with the run. Um, you may see something similar. I don't see the bills adapting their game plan because they feel like I I guarantee you, they feel like they, and rightly so they could have won that game in week six, that they're going to play the same kind of game they played in week six. And it's really going to come down to, if this is Josh Allen's like superstar moment, can he show that he can do it in the cold?
2: There's two things that you said that I think are a little unfair. The first thing is I don't think the cold, affects Allen. i think you said the wind and the rain in that first game is what actually affected him um which is true it did but i will also say this it's unfair to say that the tampa bay green bay game from week six doesn't matter in what to expect from this game and then to say that the kansas city buffalo game from the same week does matter
1: uh Well, there's two different stories there. The, the game for Green Bay, Tampa Bay doesn't matter as much because of the fluke interceptions, the, the way that game happened, and the fact that it caused Green Bay to adjust for the blitz. Whereas my argument for the week six matchup between Kansas City and Buffalo mattering a little bit more is because Buffalo was kind of right in there for a little bit They were doing what they thought was correct to win the game, and I don't know what adjustments they would make to play their game any different.
2: Now, okay, well then I'll I'll ask you this then. What changes if Mahomes doesn't play?
1: If Mahomes doesn't play, uh, it's a a lot easier. They they can just sit in their cover uh, cover two all game you won't have to really rush Chad Henny. You can keep, you know, he's not going to escape the pocket unless you like leave it wide open on a third and 15. Um, and like Henny is only going to probably just ding and dunk. Cause when he thought he had, when Henny thought he was Mahomes, he just arm punted. Um, that was game, bad. That, yeah, arm punt, that was not good. Dude. That, was, was like, that was, that was, that was the, because originally up until that point, I
2: was like, all right, here we go. Like, this team's not going to miss a beat. They still got Tyreek. They still got Kelsey. They're going to move the ball with Chad Hennie, just like they did against the Vikings and the Packers last year. And then he tried that one deep shot, and he missed by about eight yards.
1: Yeah, that was not good. And and I was like, oh, no. That's why if if Henny plays, like, this is Buffalo's game to lose, like, 100%. I, I. you can uh, Mahomes covers up the uh, he, he's like, I heard it best. Like he, he Mahomes is the flex seal. He covers yeah. up all the holes on the team. So like you're still down Mitchell Schwartz, still down Sammy Watkins defense is really good in two minute situations and situation. The two defenses, uh, Buffalo and Kansas city are the same defense. They play for situational downs. Um, They're really good inside two minutes. And they're super bendy don't break. They just try to they go for big plays and they really only try to stop you two or three times. Um Ah man and Mahomes can circumvent all that because when you have him you can you can score on practically every possession you get. Whereas with Henny, now I know obviously just by evidence by the option go on the fourth and one on the fourth and inches. Uh, they have all the faith in Henny to do the exact same play calling. But I think the difference is less rolling out, less deep shots and more Alex Smith. It, 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 like, it, you go back to the Alex Smith chiefs days where like, it could be very efficient. And if things go your way, look out, but the moment game script breaks, it gets a little harder for you because you can't, uh, can't adapt as easily
2: can't rely on the the Mahomes Konami code play where he scrambles backwards 15 yards and then flicks it 60 yards down the field and Tyreek's just standing open in the middle of the field
1: yeah you, you lose you lose the Konami code from your game and uh this is that's that's a big part of what makes the Chiefs that's explosive
2: that's why I'm I'm I I can't I can't make a prediction for this game fairly until I know whether or not Mahomes is playing.
1: Which I, I just, think he is. I think he is because I, I I'm of the mind with some of the other people that I don't think he actually got an actual concussion. I think he just got choked out and lost a little oxygen. His head never hit the ground. His, he never took a helmet to helmet hit. He was just kind of like choke held on his way down. The, um well, the, the thing about or just
2: real quick, the one thing I will say about that though is even if he does clear concussion protocol, he may not be 100% because got that, that turf game toe. against that turf toe injury, you can ask just follow any sort of like injury report from someone that is
1: recovering from a turf toe injury. Oh, yeah, it absolutely sucks. I mean, even that, in that game before he got. I think, that, I think it's really funny that, like, two years in a row now, uh, Mahomes had, like, slightly hurts his foot and then on a quarterback run play gets knocked out of a game. Uh, that's really weird. I hope that doesn't become tr- tradition. But anyway, you, you have that turf toe and, and it makes it harder to throw to the left. And Romo brought it up in that game and I saw it even before Romo brought it up because my dad brought it up too. And as we were just noticing as we were watching the game, throwing to the right and rolling out he was fine anytime he had to uh move into his throw and throw to the left he overthrew he he started becoming really inaccurate on his throws to the left because of that toe injury and so let's say he comes back and clears concussion protocol and his foot's not 100 percent. he's not going to be able to throw it to the left as much and that makes it a lot easier to defend the field when you know you only have to defend an accurate right side of the field
2: Right, yeah, it's gonna that's why I'm, I don't know, I, I went from I think if Mahomes plays, the chiefs to me just strike me as this inevitability. Um, and I got a feel for Bill's fans, because I feel like no matter what, there's gonna be this gigantic asteri- asterisk attached to this game. Because if the Bills do win, but Chad Henney's the quarterback, everyone's gonna be like, ah, you you only won because Chad Henney and you know you you got lucky against the Colts. Like they almost kind of feel as this like not worthy Super Bowl team, right? But then even if Mahomes does play, but during the game he's like visibly hampered by this toe injury. Even if the Bills win, then they still are going to get criticized because like, oh, well, Mahomes wasn't 100 percent. And it just like sucks. It just sucks that like no matter what happens in this game. Like if the Bills do somehow manage to win, it feels kind of like they're like a paper champion.
1: But it would suck. But then if they win the Super Bowl, it doesn't suck because well, you, yeah, yeah. you get that and it, it might suck for a minute and then you have, and then you got, you know, uh, you, it, it would feel like if the Bills won this game and Mahomes wasn't there, you take the attack on Titan promotional image. Josh Allen is Aaron Yeager standing at the bottom and then you're looking at the Titan, the colossal Titan hanging over the wall and you just slap Aaron Rodgers' face on him. Like that, that would be what the Bills are looking into, but like. Then you just topple Aaron Rodgers. If you're able to topple Aaron Rodgers, you uh, validate your win against Chad Henney.
2: Oh, I agree 100 percent. If they're if they're somehow able to win the Super Bowl following the Kansas City game, I think you silence all of that. I'm just saying, like, in the short term. If they win. Um, for sure short term uh, can, I, can I just say there's so many like we're getting to that point in the Super Bowl or like when you get down to these four teams where like you isolate the four matchups that could potentially happen and they're all spicy like if if, if we get the one that's most hypothetically possible it's Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers
1: and we get the game we were denied last season
2: right you get the game you were denied the two Best arm talents in potentially the history of the National Football League. The two best teams.
1: It, it would it would really be like the actual because like Aaron Rodgers is kind of like the end of the old guard, while Patrick is the beginning of the new guard of quarterbacks. In yeah. that yeah, and that weird quarterback parabola that we talked about in the last episode, mm-hmm. and it would be like it, it would be like a, a true new dog, old dog, who who knows the better tricks sort of situation game. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I would just love that. But then, you know, you, you can go on the other matchups.
2: Well, yeah, the, the the other one would be Mahomes and Brady in the Super Bowl.
1: Which, can Mahomes get over Brady again?
2: Yeah, can, can Mahomes overtake the series against Brady? Because right now they're two and two. And but this time in the Super Bowl, deny him the seventh championship cement himself potentially as the one that's going to usurp him as the greatest ever you have that situation you have another one that i would love to talk to our friend shane about and obviously angry listening the bills versus buccaneers which i was talking to my dad this morning about it and like can you imagine being a bills fan and tom brady leaves to go to tampa and after 20 years of being the little brother and not being able to get past the Patriots and get being doormatted by Belichick and Brady for 20 years. He finally leaves. You win the division going away. You go to the Super Bowl and he's standing there waiting for you in the Super Bowl. Oh
1: my God, dude.
2: Like, <laughs> like <laughs> Bill, Bill's fans are going to be so disgusted. With the fact that, like, are you fucking serious? (laughs) Like, like we still it's like it's like the Bills were like trying to exercise that demon, right, of the Patriots. And they obliterated them in week 16, right, to win the division and cement their place at the top of the AFC East, right? Correct. But it was only half the demon. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
1: now they'd have to go be like, all right. This is the true Thanos. I am inevitable. Yeah, this this is it. Like, this is the
2: true, like the true moment of like, we are here in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady. We have to we this is the I guess the least interesting one. I don't want to say least interesting, but like. I guess it's Buffalo Green Bay. I guess the really only thing you could take from it is like. I don't know. Maybe uh, there's not like, like
1: a major media storyline to that game. No, no, there isn't. It would just, it would be, a, it would be a good, it would still be an amazing game. You just get two weeks of uh, what bills mafia is. Uh, green Bay fan ownership. It'd be like, it'd be, it'd be the media story would be the fan bases, how entrenched green Bay fans are with their cheese heads and ownership in the team and championship town and how they feel a part of the team versus Bills Mafia who just like might be the most passionate fans in the NFL. It would be a fan matchup, I think.
2: I also think another part of it I'm going to I'm going to say this then I'm going to I have to take a phone call real quick. So you and Justin can talk for a little bit or if you want to close it you can. Um I guess another aspect of this can be r- strangely over the last 2 years, right? Uh huh. Not including this year, so 2019, and 2018, we were kind of talking about the decline of Aaron Rodgers and how he's been getting worse, and how the injuries are piling up, and you know his divorcing of Michael McCarthy and all that type of stuff. And then this year, he reemerges as like, no, this guy's like one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and he you know thrusts himself into what might be his the next MVP simultaneously with that was josh allen because josh allen was drafted in 2018 and in 2018 he stunk and he wasn't any good and people thought he wasn't any good and then last year he got a little bit better they made the playoffs won a game that they probably shouldn't have won against houston but then this year he comes out of nowhere and just is insane right fixes all of his mechanics so it's like the two of them over the last three years have had this same like little trajectory and now they're meeting in the Super Bowl right right I guess I guess that's the the other the other arc for that game but yeah I'm hey, gonna be real quick and you wait
1: guys wait, wait before right before you take the phone call because if yeah. we end up closing the show uh predictions who who wins
2: I'm I, I I'm gonna go with Green Bay um to, to beat Tampa, although I think it will be close. And I'm sorry, I'm gonna do I'm gonna I'm gonna fence my pick with Kansas City. If Mahomes win if Mahomes plays, I think the Chiefs win. But if Chad Henney plays, I, I think the Bills win. I think that it really does hinge on whether or not Mahomes plays or not. So
1: all right, that's cool. Alright, enjoy your phone call. Alright, so uh Justin, what what are your picks for the uh championship games?
0: Well the way it's looking right now <coughs> Um, I'm I'm going to I'm going to assume that Patrick Mahomes does not play. Um, oh, based okay. on looking at everything um, that's going on, i I have a feeling that he is not going to play. Um, based on that, I think the Bills win. Um, Chad Henney was exciting and everything when he had to close out a game, um, but it's going to be really hard for them to keep up without that level of offensive firepower. I think with with Mahomes in and healthy, they're pretty equally matched. I don't think we're gonna get that matchup, which is sad. So I think the Bills take the AFC. In the NFC, of course, you're, I'm gonna say the Packers. Um, I don't think Packers. I don't think the Bucks. Uh, that division round game was kind of a shit show, wasn't it? Like it. It was. I
1: think it's a coaching nightmare for. I, I think Bruce Arians is not a good head coach. I'll
0: say it. Yeah.
1: I agree. Um, they, they made so many bad decisions and really only won that game because of turnovers.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I don't think the, the defense is going to be able to take advantage of Aaron Rodgers like they did Drew Brees.
1: I agree. Uh, I, I, now, I think it would be absolutely uh, like historic if Tom Brady were to actually like, – make the super bowl with a second team, but I just, I I don't see it happening At least not this year. Not this year. The Packers are playing way too well. This is like, you don't really like to say like, this is their year. It's I I, I don't see how the Packers don't make the super bowl.
0: They're just playing at a higher level than anybody else in the NFC.
1: They look different than they have the last couple of years where they would like go to the playoffs and lose. They, 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 they've actually made adjustments. I, I like them a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think the Super Bowl is going to be Packers Bills right now. And Alrighty, if Mahomes um, plays, it could be a different story. But looking at the way I'm looking at it now, yeah. All
1: right. Well, I, I think it's obvious that um, I, I I'm picking the Packers. Yeah. Um. But like when it comes to the Chiefs Bills game, <laughs> anything is possible, baby. Chiefs <laughs> all the way. Chad Henny. Don't matter. Chiefs by twenty. Twenty. Chiefs by twenty.
0: <laughs> twenty. Oh, I'm sorry,
1: angry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Shane. That's you guys so are funny. you guys are good friends of mine. I admire you. But Chiefs by twenty.
0: That's going to be a definitely fascinating weekend. There are both games on Sunday.
1: Yeah. Yep. 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 Nice. Uh, Packers is at Packers. Bucks is at like three thirty. And then uh, Chiefs-Bills is like 7.30 basically whenever the first game ends.
0: Nice. Let's go.
1: It's going to be a good Sunday. I'm off. Well, I'm off work or I'm working at 10 o'clock. I don't know yet. I have to wait on what Mike DeWine says. <laughs> <laughs> uh, either way, though, I'm going to get to watch both games.
0: Hell yeah. I will be there, too. I'm very excited. It's going to be a good Good fucking week. Yes, it is. Yeah, I think with that, I I think we covered, like, all the bases that we wanted to cover, unless there was something else you were thinking of?
1: No, any more off-season stuff, we can get, like, if we do an episode next week, we can talk about Super Bowls, we can get more into off-season matchups, and we can can start doing free agent stuff after the Super Bowl, maybe.
0: Right, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. All right, sounds good. Well, everybody, that's been Football After. Thank you for coming by.
1: Patreon.com.
0: Go to patreon.com slash f-a-d-p-o-d to give us some fucking money, please. Give us some money. Twitter.com. Slash f-a-d-p-o-d to, I don't know, we we post there sometimes. You can see some fun stuff.
1: It's a a good Twitter account, and you can see uh, our, obviously, you see it on the podcast, but our logo made by our good friend Adam.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, God Uh, bless him. And thank you to PodServe for uh, hosting us. You guys are great.
1: Yeah, you know, PodServe has been very good to us.
0: Mm-hmm. Answer all the questions, everything like that. They're very nice and helpful. You ever look at a host podcast, hit them up. They're very nice.
1: Mm-hmm. Man, we should start like a Fad Pod website. Probably my groceries. That's Ooh. a good time to end it. Oh, I want to yeah. get to my Instacart before someone steals my order again.
0: <laughs> yeah, go go get your Instacart. Um, I love you and Kuiper. doesn't. Kuiper
1: doesn't. <laughs> <laughs>